Thomas Carruthers. I'm Will Agatha. And today we are welcomed by, we're welcomed by, welcoming a special guest. Welcoming back. Yes, that's the term, Harry, isn't it? Welcoming back. Um, It's Harry Reeves, who was just, who who was only with us uh, so many months ago for uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel and is is joining us now uh, for, well, we don't do this very often, really, Will. We don't do new releases. No, um, I'm flirting with the idea. If it's if it's as good as we hope it is, I'm flirting with the idea of doing a bonus No Time to Die episode that I haven't mentioned to you yet. If it's good, if it's if it's as good as, I mean, it, it can't be. There has been three years now, four <laughs> years now of expectation. Um, but uh, this was, of course, something that had to be done. Uh, we've done all five ranking episodes yeah. and and dissections of. The previous five seasons of Inside Number Nine, um, and now we've got a new the new season. So you goddamn right, we're going to do an episode on it. Um, let's welcome our guest, Harry Reeves. Uh, Harry, what's your relationship with Inside Number Nine? Oh, um, my first experience of Number Nine was watching a YouTube video essay about Deadline. Oh, special, and I thought that's that's cool. Obviously, it ruins the surprises but um and then i didn't really revisit it until will was like hey do you want to watch the riddle of the sphinx and um which is his biggest chat of wine it's never failed me oh it's riddle of the sphinx i actually know how to do a cryptic so uh yeah. <laughs> pretty cool pretty cool guys. i actually got this little book of cryptic crosswords mm-hmm. right here um, I've watched that episode a hundred times, and I still don't understand cryptic crosswords. I I was recently in a in a in a tech rehearsal for a show, and I was Jesus. Well, <laughs> for our audio listeners, Will, uh, I thought it was a joke by Harry, but Will did just pull up a what was called what's the Big Book of Cryptic Crosswords. This is the uh, first edition of the Daily Mail Big Book of Cryptic Crosswords. I believe there's about six. It doesn't stop there, ladies and gentlemen. When I went on Will's phone last night, his most recent search was The Guardian Puzzles. So he's not just a Times fan. I mean, I like a good puzzle. Uh, I always thought it should have been the riddle of the Sudoku. There should have been a Sudoku. It should have been a Sudoku master. Uh, um, well, let's return to our own experience, our, our own light uh, with Inside Number Nine, because we did rank every season individually. And then to make our top 10, we, we have a few stupid rules. They're not that stupid, but they're like very specific in that when it comes to ranking, we all have our own personal top sixes. If an episode, in this case, it'll be a triple lock. So that might even be more impossible. But if there is a triple lock, well, take for instance, uh, Nana's party for everybody is at number three. That's immediately locked in at three. So, eat, so then somebody's. So, if we've all got different number ones, then somebody's number ones ending up at four, unfortunately. But that's the rule we've made for ourselves. Um, and then the other rule is to get our final top tens, we can only take through 
the top two episodes of each uh, season. Just, Casualties just, of this. Yeah, but you say that, but casualties of this would be the understudy, Nana's party, the bill, and the winner is, and the referee's a wanker. Would any of those crack the top ten for you, Will? The bill would, definitely, for me. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, bill is probably my most returned, even by fucking bastard. And then the... <laughs> The, the Yeah, the season three ranking was Riddle of the Sphinx, Devil of Christmas, then The Bill, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy with. I'm happy with. Uh, we'll be talking about Devil of Christmas later, of course. Um, and our top ten, to return uh, some of our listeners, our top ten of all time was A Quiet Night In, The Riddle of the Sphinx, Deadline, To Have and To Hold, The Devil of Christmas, pardon me, The Devil of Christmas, Cold Comfort, The Stakeout, 12 Days of Christine, Bernie Clifton's dressing room and sardines. So I think it's a pretty solid list. Oh, it's a very solid list. For we don't know what our top two episodes of season six are going to be yet. But uh, do you think on the horizon? Let's not give anything away. But Will, Harry, are you are you feeling quite comfortable knocking a quiet night in off, or are you feeling that that's going to stay the top ten? I I personally don't think anything's going to move. Yeah, I'm in a very similar position with opinions to Series 6. Well, let's go for that. Uh, Harry, I asked you to prepare your own, I can't remember whether I said top five or top three, but just to get a glimpse of, of your relationship with Inside Number Nine, uh, I asked you to get your sort of top episodes ready. So uh, take it away. Uh, did you do five or three? I can't yeah, remember what I asked. I've got five for you. Very good. And your number five, Pop Pickers. Uh, Love's Great Adventure. Great choice. We that was number four in our season five rankings. I um I wasn't a fan the first time. Mm. So much better on the rewatch. Great, just great character work from all of them. Really mm. great interactions. Big fan of Reese crying at the sink uh, with a tinny. That is a <laughs> very touching moment. Uh, your number four. Uh, the bill. Great selection. Uh, As previously mentioned, that came number three in our season three. Yeah, I, again, the 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 script really makes it. Um, is that the funniest episode? Ooh. Gag for gag, laugh for laugh, because you could maybe it say is. Zanzibar because that's just pure comedy. But I think the bill. I think Bill is line after line after line. Of, Perfectly constructed gag, and it's like it's 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 well done humor. It's not Zanzibar like intense over the top. You're not going to find all of this funny, but we're going to throw as much as, as you as we can at you. And it's certainly not guys, <laughs> which we we discussed today as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. your number three, please, Ed. Uh Bernie Clifton's dressing room. You're always pissed. Beautiful. Cry, I cry every single time. Beautiful stuff. Um, You're going to speak after Jeanette Cranky, so just give him a moment to move the stool. Yes, Harry. Uh, uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful uh, tribute. Uh, and and in so many ways, uh, <laughs> let's hope none of them. I mean, they will die. That's the nature of life. But I feel that when either of them do unfortunately pass, that will be an episode that... Mm. Uh, be almost impossible to watch. I think it's not just a yeah. beautiful story with great characters. 
but it is, of course, very clearly a testament to their great friendship and creative bond. Uh, Harry, your number two. Cold comfort. Excellent choice. <laughs> you, you're such a big star. Didn't you? That was that was the second episode. Will showed me. Mm. It was at that point I was like, "Here we go. This is very very good show." I think I did that as a. That's usually my first couple of. Yeah. What I showed to people. I always start with sardines, and it's not downhill from there. But sardines is our favorite episode of all time. Oh well, 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 uh, uh, well Harry, your top episode. Oh, you're gonna hate this, Zanzibar. Oh. Zanzibar was fourth in our overall rankings. I don't. I think I, it must. Have been I think I managed five. to push it up to four in that because I love yeah. Zanzibar. I I love I love Zanzibar as well. I I really do. I um I I really do enjoy it. But I would, in my personal rankings, I'm pretty sure I would have put Tempting Fate, and even once removed above that. I um so. But it's not a season, series six situation where the best, where the worst episode is a bad episode. Um, for me, season four is, 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 is probably standing back, looking at it now, one of the more stacked yeah. knockout seasons. Series three and four seem like a real, I've done, speak, we've got two more seasons to come and all that. But series three and four currently feel like a major peak. It's not that season five and six are a trough, they're certainly not, but series three and four have uh, are 12 back-to-back uh, yeah. excellent episodes. I think they're, they're pretty, I was saying the other day, I think five and six, we're starting to see them go a bit more experimental now. Mm-hmm. And Which it, reaps benefits sometimes and others yeah. does not. Sometimes it slightly misses. And it's also hard when when you have like, three and four being very, very strong. Mm. You're always comparing the new ones to mm-hmm. to them. And then it's hard to fall in love with ones that even though they are good, they're not like, they're still not there for you. Season five also, we've sort of, you can look at Deadline as its, as its own thing, but I sort of kind of, I mean, it is its own thing, but the, it being on the season five DVD and all the streaming and it being on season five. So, and we ranked it in season five. Um, so that does obviously give season five the, the just an incredible, incredible boost. Yeah, uh, with that, with that great event. Uh, without further ado, series six. So the way we do this is we all start at number six. We will take a break at number four and discuss our favorite Steve episode, our favorite Reese episode, our favorite ensemble, our favorite set, and our favorite guest star. Um, but. We will start with our number sixes. Uh, we do a thing called punting. It's an American football term, Harry. Um, so if you're, so if I now say my number six is Wuthering Heist, which it is, and that's your number one, Harry, uh, yeah. at that point you will say, mm, we can't talk about that yet. Okay. Well, we don't, we don't give it away. We don't give it away. We don't so, give it away where it is. But we just say, yeah. we don't, can't talk about it yet. So my number six is Wuthering Heights. Will? Uh, I will give mine away. I'll say I've got Wuthering Heights at five. Okay, yeah. And Harry? Um, mine's quite a bit higher than that. Okay, so we'll, we'll hold on Wuthering Heights. That's then. such a poker face. This might be quite tough, actually, to do stuff like that because there aren't so, so many variants. 
Um, I then will then what's your number six role? Because I think we've got a swap. I I've got quite a controversial number. So I've got hurry up and wait for my number six. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's I won't say that's wrong, but that's uh, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> um right. I'm realizing very quickly that with three people, this is going to be harder than we think. So we're throwing it out. It's we're th- getting rid of the rules. We're gonna go chronologically. Whoa! We're gonna go chronologically. And that I, still that, means Tom gets his way. <laughs> yes, <so> many, <laughs> uh, yes, because last night of the problems is my number one. No, it's not. And um, uh, but we will we will start then with Wuthering Heist. So so I have it at number six. Will it as it as it at number five? Harry, three, three. Okay, I'll three, fill three. these into the fill these into my little spreadsheet. <laughs> Um, I have to say this is the first episode where I genuinely was 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 disappointed was like genuinely completely fully disappointed and with it being the first episode of a new season made me worried more than anything I was very very uh, taken aback by just how unfunny, overly tr- overly trying it was, and so effortful rather than effortless. Whereas so much of their comedy is natural and effortless, and as we just talked about with Bill, line after line, great gags. This just felt so try hard in a way that completely completely didn't work for me um harry bring some positivity in this conversation please please why is it your number three um i i do agree with you and the first time i watched it i was like what are they doing like i didn't need to do this um on the rewatch i think they are because it's so self-aware it's not like they're doing it they know that they're trying really hard so you can also, I don't know, like appreciate it. And there are some, there are some, I, find, I do find it very funny. Reese is a, plays a very, very funny character who's nearly like, nearly every line makes me laugh from him. Yeah. Uh, and the exaggeration is kind of the point of that style. Yeah. So... Will yeah. throw, throw your hat in the ring. I say, so building on look, looking at sort of the genre, I think they they clearly chose, all right, we're going to mash these two genres. Let's try and write something now in the constraints of that. And I don't think it gave them enough freedom. Um, I think if I could go back to Harry, Harry said something really interesting the other day, if you want to elaborate on sort of the, the platform that, that it should really be written for. Yeah. The stage. Yeah, and I, so it is... It is like watching it on your own when there's not people around you to laugh with, like you would at a pantomime, mm. makes it harder to find it funny, in my opinion. I watched it with a group of 10 people and none of us laughed. So I I, 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 I do yeah. completely... I, I thought you meant for, more for the stage from the pure over-the-topness of it. It's a bit like when you, we watch, when you watch MT Live and they're they're still doing a performance for the whole of the Olivier Theatre, but the camera's right there. 
So, like, my mum kept saying, oh, she's a bit over the top, isn't she? And I said, no, she's not over the top. She's performing for a theatre with a camera in her face. It, yeah. It's a very tough thing. I, I do think this would work very well, sort of, in the rounds, um, change a few of the gags. Well, not the gags, but sort of the... I, I do think it's, it's missing something, and I can't explain what it is. I think they have... Right, OK, here are my biggest things. I agree with you. Um... I agree. I was. I, I have a line in the last play I was in. I had a line called "I agree with you," and I just. I agree with you, Mrs. Woodall. But to bear it open testimony, I agree with you. I love thirty percent of the gags in this, and I think they're great. And I love the proper pantomime gags and the wordplay. I think works yeah. very well. I think the every single meta thing is fucking insufferable. I think Gemma yeah. Whelan is, I, terrible in this. And I think they will, when you're talking about this thing that it's missing, I think they thought they had it with the Patterson Joseph evil and the slitting of Gemma Whelan's throat and the real violence. I've listened yeah. to multiple interviews now where they talk about yeah. how when the violence comes in, though, it's really effective. And I thought that's where it was going to be. Compare that to the bill, the throat slit in the bill. Yeah. It hits completely differently. And I, it just... And whereas the undermining of that throat slitting in the bill then perfectly plays into the plot and perfectly plays into the yeah. twist, the undermining of that, like where it, you know, it's, it's, I thought the big thing, the big twist was going to be 15 minutes in, we just start fucking killing people and there's no more That's gags. When, when, so, um, when, uh, Oh, it's Alan Johnson. I've, I've, That's <laughs> right, Patterson Joseph. Yes, yeah. as, when he, as when he comes away from, the, from drawing the cock and he's got the knife out and is Which, about to, he should have killed him right there and then. And that's where we're in the action. And then you wake that's up. No, and here's the twist. And it's a good one. It's not a good twist either. I, 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 that's not a great twist that she's a detective, that she's a rat. Is that, does that not play into. It isn't a good twist. What have I written here? dumb twist but the point of the self-awareness like they're aware of the fact that they think that the audience think that every episode needs to have this big twist or i don't know it's not really a, an acceptable excuse in life actually thinking about it no i say no i know what you try i know what you're getting to of like i like that yeah no i under, again the meta thing of yeah and and here's the twist oh yeah you've been waiting for this haven't you yeah. but it's the fact that it's and here's the twist and it's a really good one and then it's just so flaccid and it's just like, yeah, okay, I didn't guess it was her, but I knew that in 10 minutes we were going to be figuring out who's the rat. Like, yeah. if you're setting up Reservoir Dogs, which is basically all you're doing, and I think they, I think there is a certain element of them wanting to do Reservoir Dogs and going, oh, let's do a heist inside number nine, but it's all set in the, oh, wait, that's just Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> And and because that is reservoir, reservoir dogs isn't inside number nine. It's all set in one uh, garage. I mean, it's not, but it's it, it's in one garage for the most part. And it's that it's a perfect inside number nine. And and so they've added this Commedia dell'arte um, twist on it that makes it work as it makes it work. I think it's very well done. Uh, no, I think it, we're, we're going back to sort of reservoir dogs when you got your Mister White exactly. But the idea of having these stock characters, I think, is excellent, and that really plays to it. I think it's it. I do. I think it's very well made. I just think 
It's the sort of humor that makes me want to fucking shoot myself. Yeah. Every fucking stop fleabagging. No. Well, I was meandering actually. Such managing fucking balls over. Get a grip. I just I, I don't. I do you think they'd work? Do you think those asides would work better on the stage then? Like, do you think you'd find them funny, or do you think no. you just don't write them? I I I I don't at all. I think just that sort of meta meta stuff for me. It's the reason why I, 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 I've fallen out of love with Rick and Morty because it's that thing of getting too smart for its own good again and, and all that sort of stuff. And we talked about it with Sherlock, which isn't meta, but just that thing of getting too smart for its own I good. I think the most recent episode on Monday re- brought it back in. That was excellent, but that's another well, I, I might I might go back to it then, but season three for me was very, very limp. I think, I think you're right in saying that uh, it, uh, it, it seems weird, but this, uh, if we say it's on a stage, I think they can be as meta as they are without having to break the fourth wall or do a, a, an aside, if you will. And I think it's all in the, the dialogue between them. And we're like, oh, oh, I, I'm cottoning on it, rather than them blatantly saying something to you. Because I think that's where it becomes less clever. But is then that you not liking the style of what what is it, Commedia dell'arte? And rather than you, you don't like their choice to perform in that way rather than the actual episode or the script or the performances are like awful. I think they do have the elements of that because they they have um, sort of the um, Scaramouche's chair gag and they have every stock character's different piece yeah. without, and then we don't need the need for the asides. I think, yeah. I, I, I wonder not, what my opinion would be if there wasn't any of the meta stuff. If there wasn't the Miranda gag and the BBC gag. But then also... Oh, no. the, you, the, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they would get that one in China, actually. That was <laughs> sublime. That was a great line. I, I, I enjoyed that one, yeah. I also love... Um, shooting in the sky and the bird falling down that's very good you've got Trinidad yeah. and Tobago which is my humour all over yeah. I do think it has some really really solid stuff um, what do you think about the pacing of the episode do you think I think it flies that- by it's just I, I, I think it's very well paid. but again they don't lean into that halfway break that they've set up for themselves this halfway, this big build, big build, big build, Gemma Whelan, here's the twist. And then he comes back and he's just got a bullet in his foot. I thought it was going to be really lent into this split. And like the second half is just going to be a complete, complete bloody mess. And and like Pat and Joseph bring, carrying in um, the, his daughter or whatever. I thought that was, she was going to have half her head ripped off. So I just thought it, the, if you're going to do this big divide, literally at the 15 minute mark, make it feel like two halves and not just an intermission when it because if you're going to add an intermission in the half hour i know that's what most tv adverts are but um this would I, for instance i actually watched the play that goes wrong last night and i enjoyed it for the most part i think i, I don't know what it's it's rather weird i i think the original cast i don't know what it is i i i think it just works so much better with them i can't explain it uh, but for me, that would have, I again, never felt too long, but would have been so much better as a 90-minute straight through. Did not need an intermission. You just, it's just brilliant. 
and then you're back into it. And it's the same with this. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, that's me. Yeah. Uh, great title. What a waste of a great title. Yeah, Why is it even called Wuthering Heist? That's stupid. I'm, I'm being convinced here. I'm happy to put it down the list, to be honest. <laughs> I want to like it. I really do. Yeah. And it, it has the such potential. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the, um, can you do the Fandango? Kind of works the first time round. There's no need to do it again and again and again. I hate the character of Arlo. Oh yeah, Kevin Bishop. Because I rather oh, like yeah. Kevin Bishop as a person. I, I I've always found I, him I rather funny. I think his performance is actually very good. I I agree with how it's the character. He gets I've always it. wanted to say that. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> it is a good cane. It is a good cane. Um, <laughs> Uh, and also very divisive, very, it's an odd one to start with. It's a great one, yeah. Because yeah. we, we, it's only when we watch them live, and then from that point on, we never think of it in the setup of a series. But it's a, it's a, I thought the opening and closing choices, this, this, uh, this series were maddening. I thought, I mean, I guess last night, well, we'll talk about last night, the problems when we get there, but. That's a bit, bit bigger thinking wise. So that will, I guess, giving you more time to marinate over it instead of immediately forgetting. Because I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I rewatched it again this morning. Obviously, uh, that's Wuthering Heist. So that was my six. Harry's three, but he's not convinced. I pulled it down to five. He's pulled it down to five. Wow, it's all the way down. That's. I'll take that down for you now. That's now. So, it currently. It's, lock, it's a double lock. It's not a triple lock, though. Not a triple lock. Triple <laughs> uh, lock. Pippi lock. What's that? Pippi lock. What's that from? Pippi lock. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pippi lock. Pippi lock. That's, it's like a character in a movie. Pippi lock. Pippi lock. Uh, Pippi lock. <laughs> if you just keep saying it, maybe someone would find out. Pippi lock film. Documentary Now. It's the that's it. It's the Documentary Now episode. Where have you, have you all watched Documentary Now? You brought this up during Grand Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And there's an episode We're out of material. And there's an episode <laughs> where it's the adventures of sorry, where it's the, it's a parody of, of, of basically the first ever documentary in in real life it was called Canuck the Hunter, and it was basically all fake. The 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 documentarian just said to this Eskimo do this, do this. <laughs> and then he came back to America and said it was a documentary. And so the parody version, and they call it Pippalock, but it's the Eskimo and he goes like full-blown Francis Ford Coppola crazy and he becomes the director and he's like demanding. It's very, very funny. And it's just Bill Hader in old age makeup talking about Pippalock. And he goes, <laughs> Pippalock kept asking for more cameras. <laughs> it's very, very funny. Pippalock. Pippalock, there we go. Um, how many? How many is that one? Twenty. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yes, it's not. It's not a triple lock, so we can't fully lock it in. But um, we will see. So that was my number six. Uh, we know what Will's number six is. That's hurry up and wait. That's it, divine. We'll talk is. about that later. Uh, Harry, what was your number six? Last night at the proms. That's my number five. Will number four. That's uh, a bit high for me. 
Oh, uh, come on, Will. In fact, it's last night. Of the, it, it's four. It's number four. So it was. So I was right. So I let's talk about that now because right. that's a nice little. It's 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 wavy, but it's 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 uh, all in that sort of lower half. So I have it at number five. Harry is it at number six. Will has it at number four. Um, from this point on, I, I I liked all five of these episodes. I, I'm, I, these are ones that I will return to for many different reasons. Uh, Harry, is is it the case with your ranking at number six? Is it is it is it bad for you, or, I, do you, or, or did you? Uh, what, I think what, I'm missing something. I don't hmm. I don't get it. I think we've just re- we literally just rewatched it, hmm. and I don't get the I don't get what they're trying to do with this patriotism and this Jesus narratives that run alongside each other. I don't understand what they're trying to do. And it is weird, but not for like good reasons that pay off. And the endings like bizarre and I, I just my biggest problem is probably the is probably just the, the actual final shot. Uh, I think it's the Bernie Clifton's dressing room fade away problem again, um, and the thinking out loud fading away problem again, um, and the seance time jump scare problem again. Um, Will you have it the highest of the three of us? What, why is it no, your number four? I I'm probably just giving it the benefit of the doubt. I think it's an excellent premise. Um, coming from studying Jerusalem and A-level drama, um, I really not like the, the, the whole allegorical um, narrative, uh, anything like that, uh, that's re- I think is a really good way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like how it's all told through the music. Um, they're yeah, on about yeah. in the podcast, they had little earpieces, so everything is, is timed. It's... Um, and I think there are some really good throwaway lines. Um, yeah. but for me, my my main issue, I I don't like Reese's character at all. At all, I, I don't I don't get it. So this yeah, is the thing. This mean. is very I, interesting because we're all coming at it from different points of view. Because I, I similar to where I, for me, Harry, it is just the simple thing of if Jesus came back today, and it's an actually, and I'm not saying I'm Reese's Steve. I'm not saying I'm Reese's Steve. I'm not saying I'm Reese's Steve. <laughs> I've had, this, I've had this idea before of what if Jesus literally came back and we just we just like said no he's a foreigner and and because and I think that's what it is basically Harry, is that this great love of yeah. Christ and this great love of our country would literally blind us to the second coming of Jesus Christ um, and I think See, that, that, I, yeah. yeah that is what I thought but then even now I don't I don't understand why they do it the way they do it like. Mm. Well, I thought it was going to be Hitler reveal. I thought it was going to be Nazi. This is Nazi family emigrating reveal because there was that big family portrait where he's in a brown suit. Yeah, and he says, "I, I thought the the granddad he was going to be old a, Nazi that they brought Nazi, to him." Yeah. And because he says through his dementia, "Zigheir," and I thought, "Oh, that's a nice little slip because you can pass it off as old racist man, or you can." And then obviously, and then when they brought out the thing and they revealed he was sixty-two percent German, I thought. I bloody guessed it. And I thought the final reveal was going to be them polishing the mantelpiece, removing the hair on the mantelpiece, on the mantel from the mantelpiece, and revealing a swastika on the family photo. I, I that was that was where I was leaning. And then suddenly Jesus Christ arrived. Um, and I realized 
<laughs> it's it, big things to talk about. It's definitely their most political episode so far uh, from yeah. from the offset. And I thought um, they did a very good job of giving lots of different angles to that. Uh, I, for me, politics in 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 arts uh, always falls flat um, when all the different sides aren't explored. And that's not because I disagree or agree with any side. It's because it makes for better characters and it makes for better stories and and and, and interactions. Um, and, and I get and on a second watch, and I, now I know the nature of the beast. I do rather enjoy this as an episode. I um uh, I like I like the general conceit of Jesus coming back and us turning him away. Um, for me, my problems are a lot more picky. So I guess we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, Will. I, I've forgotten immediately. What did you say your problem was? The the nature of character. So go on, yeah. Reese's was, character. Talk about Reese's that. character. So he, he's playing a, a closeted man, mm-hmm. um, and is I think it, that yeah. that needs. I don't think the feeling up Jesus is a good enough endpoint for that. I think the little touch of the hand and the oh, uh, but it's it's not quite sort of Nana's party or um, and and I think it, he. I know he's sort of being very up himself and arguing against everything, but it feels very much like he's saying words from a very cleverly constructed script, mm. rather being this defensive, pretentious man. Yes. Uh, I, I the, the earlier Blue Peter argument felt more natural because he is a music teacher, but then suddenly when he was coming out with these long <laughs> tirades about German history and all these other things, um, very enjoyable it's very well written and very well yeah. performed. I, I enjoy the character very well performed but I just think it is what you're talking about it's Nana's party but instead of spending half an hour on Nana's party halfway through you have to spend 10 minutes on Jesus Christ arriving halfway through Nana's party and uh, that does naturally restrict the family plot line down and I, I, I mean our initial conversation literally after it aired was, was it just felt messy to me it just felt like... It which, inst- which isn't a bad thing. I love no. the chaos. And if, again, it's interesting, we're linking this so much to Nana's Party mm. because Nana's Party is so chaotic. Yeah. Uh, but it's so tight and every every mm. action is just... every You understand why everything happens. Mm. All of a sudden, he comes out with a, a pitchfork and, and then Reese starts attacking him. What's mm. that? Is that out of shame? Is that... Yeah, that felt... Yeah. Because but then it's like, if the story they're trying to tell is British family, we love the proms, look at us go with our big hats and our mm. our pitchfork. The way that the granddad sees Jesus is as Jesus rather than as a foreigner. Because mm. he's like, are you coming to take me away? And he's killing him because because he doesn't want to go rather than he's a foreigner. Mm. And then if you're carrying that on to Reese, if it's like the homophobia of the church and that's why he's doing it, again, it's not because he's a foreigner. It's because it's Jesus. And then I think you lose that story you're trying to tell of if Jesus came back today, we'd kill him. Oh, my God, it's Walter Donovan. Will, did you realise this? Who? The dementia granddad's Walter Donovan from Last Crusade, the evil guy who sets him up. I've written Julian Glover. Yeah. No, no, I know. The character's name in Last Crusade is... He's the guy oh, that's who sets Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's enjoyable. And he's also Christophos in uh, Fiora's Only. Uh, 
very much enjoyed Sarah Parrish in this. Uh, I thought she was yeah. great. Uh, I, th I think it's, you know, I do have, a week, I do have somebody I didn't enjoy, but well, two people actually that I didn't enjoy in this. But I thought overall it was very well cast and very well performed. Um, and I love the return to the seriousness and the drama when it came to like, uh, you know, the little kid laughing at boobies and, and, and Sarah, and not even allowing that gag to land, just that yeah. immediately getting up, don't laugh, Holly, it's his medication. Yeah. A very, very touching moment. Uh, similarly, although you're taken away by the brutality of the pitchfork, I loved her reaction of, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. That was very touching and very nice. Um, I think the kid is pretty bad, I have to say. I think he was very, very, very unnatural. Uh, Jack Wolf, his name is. And also, didn't much care for Penny. Didn't much care for Deborah Gillet or Gillet. 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 There were, there were some lines that were delivered very, very strangely. And I also, like, I'm watching. I, I don't think I can put the entirety of that blame on her. I think I have to put that blame, actually, on recent Steve. Yeah. I think it's a badly written character. Um, I think her fucking Jesus in the conservatory comes far too early and there is just no build-up to it. From, from what I understand, the only reason why that happens there and then is because Mary Steve Magdalene. wanted it to happen to that song. He, he oh, thought, yeah, yeah. Some, there's got to be a sex scene in this. There's a gag there somewhere. And obviously he's grabbing the water. Also, I thought when, he when Jesus turned water into wine, it turned into wine, not just alcohol flavored water I, I think i think that's well seeded i'm i'll give them better well the benefit seeded. Of that <laughs> i love the ocado joke now there's lots of great gags for me my biggest problem is i also think it's too fantastical and there's too many things that are clearly jesus for the ambiguous ending to work you can look at the ambiguous ending of them all discussing it as it intentionally being over the top and fantasized and ridiculous. And so them trying to justify it at all is even more ridiculous. Yeah. However, for me, it was too fantastical. And so it's their the, deliberations and conversations felt felt. It's amb. a shame that it sort of said it's up to you. It is ambiguous because I mean that's how it felt on the first on the second watch. I'm I'm happy with sort of thinking they're just in denial, um, yeah. which is how I like to see it. Yeah. I, 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 and then you've got that final shot that just crushes the ambiguity. Uh, yeah, entirely. So she's supposed to be Mary Magdalene. Because Mary, did Mary Magdalene fuck Jesus? I can't remember. Well, I was never a Bible boy. She was a prostitute. So Yes. But, I mean, pr probably not. The Bible probably wouldn't expose the son of god for endorsing prostitution welcome to bible talk um <laughs> hey come over um, to my new podcast bible talk um yes that's that's last night the problems very oh, oh uh boring well it's not boring it's very interesting this is of course their covid episode this was the episode that they were two two days in or so uh, into filming and uh, then got COVIDed on the podcast. Sarah Parrish was very funny talking about her COVID bum, COVID bum. Gaining, gaining a little bit of weight over the lockdown, as we all did. Oh, well, the uh, did I tell you the story, Will? I was um, at the cricket club, and I was at uh, and I was doing a full circle of the grounds, uh, picking up glasses, and I bumped into my grandma, and I said hello, hello, and, I, and she said I've just been talking to Sonny, who was uh, a friend of my granddad's, 
and I walked around and I bumped into Sonny and, uh, and he said, um, your grandma tells me you've put on the COVID stone. Uh, so that's, uh, I said, oh, I think, very nice. I think we've all <laughs> put on the COVID stone. Uh, which fixes, uh, uh, anything left on last night of the problems? Not, not really from my end. Well, uh, no, I think uh, Sarah Parrish is excellent, and I think mm. that's the yes, it saves the episode. I think the big takeaway is the the mute. I, I would have much preferred my Nazi episode, even if it's not even Nazi, not even if they go full Nazi, even if that's just the twist. I would have much preferred Nana's party again, and I know that that's unoriginal and and divisive and all that, but I would have much preferred Nana's party with the. Uh, Last Night at the Proms TLC or whatever they call it in video games like a new skin on Nana's Party I am perfectly fine with with another Nana's Party because there was enough differences yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Harry, Harry any final thoughts on Last Night at the Proms? not for me I don't think no um, so that was uh, Harry's number six that was Will's number four and that was my number five Um we again, we know Will's number six. That's already up on weight. Um, what is Harry's number four? How do you plead? That's my number four as well. Uh, so that's uh, Will. So let's talk about how do you plead and then we'll go for our uh midway it's, categories. It's so, wait, my oh, number oh, three. So, oh, perfect. Uh, it's same, the same progression. So, we've not had a lock just yet. If Harry's goes. If Harry's hurry up goes in that in a spot that I'm looking looking at now, then we might be looking at locks. Oh, it's it's too exciting. It's too exciting. To I'm say. I'm very open to changing my six and lowering down, please. But we'll have a discussion. Okay. Um, how do you please? Uh, let's talk about it. So we found out very early on in the casting pro in the casting reveals that Derek Jacobi was coming back after voicing Dennis Fulcher in The Wonderful Devil of Christmas. And the minute I saw the title, How Do You Plead? And the minute I saw an ailing man, which would have been perfect for Dennis Fulcher's age, 10 years after uh, Devil of Christmas, I thought, oh my God, it's a continuation and it's gonna be Dennis Fulcher on his deathbed, maybe in a trial or something. I was wrong before we get to the actual episode. Will, are you, ha are you happy that I, are you happy that we were wrong? Because you sort of, once I told you that theory, you sort of got into it as well. No, uh, I, I, want, I want a sequel. I want, um, especially with the missed opportunity of the whole deal with the devil um, plot that, that went mm -hmm. on, um, mm -hmm. I think I would have rather a continuation. Harry, yourself? I, I had a similar theory and I, do, do you know what? I feel like they could have done it without having to be like ridiculously explicit that it was the same character. Mm. And I think well, maybe have thing. that be the twist. Yeah. And I don't know why, I, 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 don't get me wrong, I think Jacoby's great, but oh, yeah. like why get him back? Yes, that's the big thing. Role, They've but... done this whole huge thing about how that it's just them and, and everybody else is different each time, which of course garners great, great stuff. And I love the because we're not in because obviously Twilight Zone had people back all the time, but Twilight Zone also did 20 episodes a year. 
So if 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 it was that and uh, if it was that situation in this case, uh, then yeah, I, I would be very happy with them sacking off the rule. But in this case, yeah, I I again as as you say, Harry, at half an hour of Derek Jacobi doing a great performance is nothing to be uh, is nothing to sniff at. However, I completely agree. Why not have Why not have somebody else? I was going to say Kenneth Cranham, but he was in Winner Takes It All. So, um, and the winner is, sorry. Um, doing hand chops. <laughs> well, that would be a big get. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, any, any, any distinguished gentleman. Um, but we got hand and how do you plead is my four. It's Harry's four and it's Will's three. Will, you have it at number three. So why don't you tell us why? It cracks your top half. Um, it's probably just the, the what they were reaching for again. I I I realise I based a lot of my things on potential, um, where I should be awarding for uh, outcome. Um, this was the first. Sorry, but I, I asked you a question, then I'm going to interrupt you. This was the first time where I ranked my episodes worst to best. Me too. Every other season, and whether we're doing Mad Men, Peach, or whatever, it's always been that's my favorite, that's my second favorite, that's oh, oh. And then in, in the case of Mad Men, which were episodes of 13 seasons, I had to cut three. And around season three, four, five, and six, those three cuts every single time were, I don't want to cut these. These are also great episodes. Um, but yeah, th- this, this was literally, I wrote Heist and then Proms and then Plead and then my top yeah. three which we'll discuss in a moment uh sorry will yes uh, how do you please it's yeah i i think that the premise is excellent and i think the build-up be it slow it is justifying of that sort of ending um i'll, I'll get on it now steve is miscast although they they had so they, they discussed the fact that if you're going to have Derek Jacoby, because Steve was originally going to play yeah. um, Jacoby, if you're going to have Jacoby just sat down in a lift, you know he's going to come back at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve, is, it, he's not scary at all. No. And I, I think, mean, think it's an intentional underplaying that just doesn't work. The, and and it's, a, it's such a shame when it follows that really, really terrifying, mm. slow move for the door everything's black uh, it's i was genuinely scared that i thought wow this is going to be and then, just, and then oh my my eyes are going to glow red terrible choice yeah. i think terrible. if you are going to literally just do your voice but stern the makeup needs to be more there i mean welcome to tom's twilight zone corner <laughs> Uh, which will actually be launching on this podcast in November. Uh, not November, sometime after. Anyway, uh, we will be doing Twilight Zone episodes. But anyway, um, the, it, it's, if, if you're going to do that voice, you need more makeup. And I know that they intentionally just did the furry hand and the eyes and the raised eyebrow. Well, you, you, I, I, I completely agree with you, Will. It, needs it looks like more. Tony Tiger um, from Tony <laughs> Christ- Tony Tiger. No. Are you a cat here? Tony Tiger. Oh, do you remember Tony Tiger? Well, somebody got an email from Dispatch in Next. And, um, great episode. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. Harry, your overall thoughts on, before I uh, get there, felt very stakeouty. Felt this is the episode we have. 
this is the episode we're getting. Meanwhile, there's all this other spooky stuff happening. Ha ha ha, jokes on you. You were actually watching a vampire story. You were actually watching a devil story. It felt very like that to me. Harry, what was your general feeling on How Do You Believe? I am um, not a fan of Supernatural number nine on the first oh. watch. I feel like as soon as you give a supernatural reveal, anything's been possible the whole episode. Whereas a lot of their a lot of their stories are so grounded in reality that when bad stuff happens, it's it's like shocking because it could be normal life. Mm-hmm. So then you get to the end of the stakeout and he's been a vampire the whole time. And the first time I watched it, I was like, if we're if this is set in a supernatural world, all of the current beliefs you hold about normal life are out the window and I had the same problem with Elizabeth Gadge and I had the same problem with this Mm. and it's fine on the rewatch when you're expecting it because then you can appreciate that okay it's coming and I I do love the stakeout now Mm. but when I got to the end of this the first time I was like oh the devil's here we're in a world where the devil exists and can do this and keep people alive and and I don't know, it just, it, it, it then at the end, I get to the end of an episode and the whole experience for the last 25 minutes just goes. I think the joy of this was that that the devil reveal comes 12 minutes to the end. And so we, it, instead of it being a twist, it's an adjustment and it's a lean in and it's, we can enjoy 10 minutes of Reese, Steve and Derek Jacobi going back and forth with this great lawyer dialogue and this great character of uh, this twisted, uh, lawyer on his deathbed who's made this deal with the devil. So I liked that. I've always been a big stake up, but that that when when that twist occurred, I, I, I uh, that was that was really chilling to me. And um, the sort of well, we're going to talk about another chilling twist in a, in a moment. A uh, couple actually uh, that really worked for me. And well, well, we'll we'll see. But yeah, for me, how do you plead? It was purely a showcase for Steve and Jacoby. Uh, for recent Jacoby, pardon me. And it actually, it could have been a showcase for Steve as well. It just it felt very underplayed. Um, I think it's great for Reese, but also I think there's a scripting problem. That the big that you know is shifts from being this perfect person, this perfect person. Oh wait, I just remembered that I killed a man with an orange. Felt I completely forced. And I don't like the orange story, and I know that that. Uh, again, with um, Horror of and Wait, um, a few um, stories in these episodes are real-life things that happen to them that they're mm. sort of dramatising. I'm not a fan of the orange story. I like, I know, I do like the orange story. I love the orange horror moment. I think that's genuinely very yeah, funny, very well done. Um, but the, the re- And I also like the reveal that he was the bully and that he did it. But it just feels very out the blue and it feels very false and it feels very Jesus Christ we've got two minutes left we've got two pages left keep going just 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 keep going we, we need to get all this plot uh, and before the end and if he's the devil that, sorry go on Harry. I don't believe that the Reese character we've seen for the rest of the episode as well yeah would be this thing yeah and and this and the almighty devil doesn't know everything it's just like Oh, yes, that recent development from his school days. Hey, that's not a recent development if it was 40 years ago, but anyway. There you go. There you go. Development. Ah, just seen it. Um, I think you, the word potential, Will, does haunt 
a lot of this season to a to a um, to an affecting degree. And uh, well, we'll see season seven. I, I, I will. Yeah, it's not at the point where I can come. But again, there is so many. I think it's going to be a change of conversation in a minute as well. Yeah, but I guess the good news is our expectations for seven have been lowered, so it's going to be great. My expectations were six were lowered after yeah. Wuthering Heights. <laughs> I thought, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, how do you plead? Yeah. Uh, Will, any, any final thoughts on how do you plead? Um, should we, what, do you, what do you reckon to that uh, elevator dropping to hell? I think it was very well done for a BBC TV budget. I like the transition that you see through the bars yes, and very places. Yeah. I thought that was very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was very well done. Um, it's, yeah, you can tell it's it's a bit crappy. It's a bit like it's a bit it's a bit like Doctor Who. Like I remember the Honest Trailer joke when I used to watch all the Honest Trailers, like and wait on the eagerly on a Tuesday night for the new Honest Trailer to drop. And the the gag was get ready to see some of the most incredible practical effects you will ever see in your entire life and some of the worst CGI you can <laughs> even imagine. Because you would look at these incredible makeups in Doctor yeah. Who and then the and TARDIS Lazarus like <laughs> floating, just me. <laughs> and Lazarus effect, like you say, yeah. Actually, I never minded. I, I, well, actually, I haven't seen it in a long, long time. And I think, yeah, yeah, well, 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 we'll see. We need to sort out a way to do with Doctor Who because I enjoy talking about Boys of the Damned. And because Voyage, rewatching Voyage, Voyage of the Damned, a made me realise how much I literally know every beat of that episode and watched it so many days. Manaka Palata, cyborg. Oh, S. Oh, God, Kylie. Oh, Kylie. Oh, Ooh, metal. <laughs> um, but but then me and my ex, who loved Agatha Christie, we rewatched the Agatha Christie episode. And I remember, and I was a bit underwhelmed. I really enjoyed it for the most part, but the big wasp fucked me off. I didn't like the big wasp. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm, I'm sure we'll figure something out there. The uh, Vesper form, I believe. Oh, pardon me, pardon me. It's not a wasp. Um, that's how do you plead. Uh, we will now take a pause and go for our categories, um, which starts with best Steve. What do you think is the best performance by Steve? Uh, mine's probably lip service, and I won't elaborate that until later. Will? I've gone as uh, Stan in the caravan. Good choice. As have I. Yeah, very good choice. I think it, for me, it was the back to back of that. It was like, God, these are good. These are good actors, aren't they? These are just great, great. And uh, we're going to talk about both of those wonderful performances in a moment. Um, Best Reese, I've gone for Simon Says. Bit camp, bit funny, a uh, bit clever, but also a bit dramatic. And uh, really, really holds the stakes of the episode. Will? I've gone for Scaramouche. Yeah. Oh, come on. Genuinely. He the best part of the episode. Carefully. <laughs> really, really <laughs> got to get that. Get that there you go. The whore. Tensia. <laughs> CCTV. You are, no, you are completely, completely right. That was the... Yeah. And I actually, we, I didn't give anybody... I was going to say lip service without fully forgetting that the full episode... Of I will use service. your bum. Yes, um, <laughs> and greater bumming. The, um, I thought he was great. 
the gay guy. I thought he was excellent. I'm going to give him a name instead of just calling him the gay guy. Dino <laughs> Kelly as Mario. I thought he was very, very excellent. good. And um, no, you're right. The, you're right. He, they you. were the best part. But being the best part, piece of shit. <laughs> um, best ensemble. I've gone hurry up and wait. I think everybody's on top form and does perfect work. Will? I, I agree. I've also gone hurry up and wait. As I'm Harry? Wuthering Heist. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but what about Gemma Whelan? I don't think she's bad. I think the script's bad. Mm, I guess. She's Maybe I'm wrong. We haven't talked about bloody... Oh, my echo's here. The ending, the terrible end. Oh, hello. <laughs> what a load of shit. <laughs> I can't do it. You're so right. Let me get rid of that. <laughs> um, best set. Uh, I've got a couple here. Simon says, mainly because it's a nice flat. Um, last night at the proms, beautiful, big, nice manor house. And I thought, how do you plead? Was suitably, suitably spooky. Uh, Will, you're, of course, our big ar architecture guy. So... What is your favourite set? This I've definitely gone for Simon Says. I think that's lovely superb. open plan. It's lovely. And Harry, your favourite set? Wuthering Heights. <laughs> it's a garage. You know what a garage looks like. <laughs> it's an abandoned soundstage. It's lovely. <laughs> well, it's uh, shabby chic. <laughs> um, and best guess. Uh, I, I've started all of these. So let's switch it. Harry, who was your favourite guest star this, this season? Um, I'm torn between Adrian and Sean. As am I. And Will? I, I'm, I've gone Adrian and then Sarah. Good choices. Good choices. Well, let's talk about some of these wonderful performances now because my number three is Hurry Up and Wait. That's Will's number six. Ooh. And Harry, uh, is that your number three? It's my number two, I'm afraid. That's perfectly fine. Okay, interesting, interesting. Oh, I wonder how that's... Oh, I wonder how that... Oh. I'm, I'm, I will move it up to three. <laughs> what, that's a... Really? What, what, what's brought this on? The conversations we've been having for the last hour, Tom. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Someone that's put Hurry Up and Wait at number six, you had a lot of Hurry Up and Wait in your intermission, best cast, best Steve, best... Did. I know why Will doesn't like Hurry Up and Wait. And for me, it's still spooky. Anyway, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So it's so now it's Will's number three, shared with me. And it's it's Harry's number two. Harry, you've got it highest. I think you agree with me. I, I very much enjoy this episode. I I didn't like it when I first watched it. And then when we rewatched it, I was like, it's just very well done. It's mm. perfectly uncomfortable. Um the twist works, mm. I think. Um, Adrian's sick. Mm. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I do like it a lot. Are you, a, are you? I'm not a Line of Duty fan, so, uh, but I, I can appreciate all the gags, and I understand, and I understand it all. Completely uh, different character. <laughs> it's just very, very. Will immediately says extras, and it is extras for me. It's extras. Head on colliding with a wonderfully spooky tales of the tales of the unexpected, yeah, and uh, that's just like two of my favourite things. Um, sorry, I was doing uh, extras. Oh, I thought. You, oh, did you do? Are you having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Oh, uh, 
Well, come on, hey, you're, you're straight. Oh, no, I got rid of eight years ago. I had gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> Love extras. <laughs> Very much. Harry, what's your favourite extras episode? I've never seen extras. <laughs> Fair enough. Will, what's your favourite extras episode? It's got to be the Christmas finale. It's very sad. It's very that's sad. not my favourite episode, Will. That's, one, not, my favorite, that's one of my favourite films of all time. Um, but no, it is It is definitely the Phantom. It's Les Dennis. <laughs> I literally watched Les Dennis yesterday in Hairspray, and he was he was delightful. Um, wish they'd sorted out that sound. Um, okay, let's talk about Hurry Up and Wait. Yeah. Um, so... Will, what was your so? We, what's your wavelength? Were you in? Were you out? Oh, I, I adore it. Um, I, I don't know why I put it so low. Um, I, I do think some of the sort of awkward pauses that don't work. Uh, I, I think it is overall very uncomfortable and very well achieved. I think some of them just don't hit. Uh, but that when you look at the pacing of the beginning and then. As soon as Adrian comes in, I'm I'm there. I'm like, yeah, here yeah. we go, here we go. Because then Steve starts backing up. Every, everyone sort of gets emphasised up. I'm not... I don't like the skeleton hand. Not because it's a skeleton hand. It's a shitty prop. It's terrible. Get one that looks like a real dead baby's hand. Um, and I don't like the little smile she gives. Yeah, I can completely agree with both of those things. I think if... We're taught if it's a, I can look past it, but this because I literally this time sitting down watching it, I thought it won't be as bad as I would. It's, it's, it won't be as bad. It's TV, it's, they've got a budget, and it is, it is terrible. It is a bad, bad skeleton hand. Uh, yeah, I don't like how we we close and she's like, hmm. Yeah. I think we just close up on the on the, the hand and, and that's it. Even if it is literally just the bait, there's still the plastic hand and just one plastic fingers removed, and you can just see a decomposed nail or some. Well, no, because it had to be ten years ten years ago, wasn't yeah. it? So I don't know. I, yeah, I'm in a I'm in the I'm in a position now where I can't think of a better option, but um, there must be better hands, surely. But for me, the ending is very spooky. I I, I love the yeah. baby Ryan mystery as much as I love. The yeah. Adrian Dunbar, as much as I love the awkwardness, I, I think it's a delightful episode. Delightful episode, a, a delightful, spooky, terrifying, lovely. It really do. I keep saying Tales of the Unexpected. It really does feel like that sort of Tales of the Unexpected final twist in the tail way of making stuff. Uh, that spooky landlord, uh, that spooky landlord of it all, and all that. Um, Landlady, pardon me. Mm. Mm. I think I taste faint almonds. Um, great, great stuff. Great um, stuff. Harry, what, what's, why, why do you like it so much? Um, yeah, uh, uh, the 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 interaction, the the character interactions between Reese and the, I don't know who plays Bev, but it's. Rose Bruford graduate Donna Preston. Rose <laughs> Bruford. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, nicely uncomfortable. The the Adrian bit is very funny. I like that he's playing himself, but it's not him. Yeah. Um I like I really like that Steve is written as smart as well. Because you could quite yeah. easily fall into a very like 
normal stereotype of he lives in a static home, he's a labourer, he's an idiot, mm. and he's not. Because you get the because th- because he, he calls him Ted Hastings, yeah, and and you're like, oh, all right, okay, yeah, but immediately he's like, no, it's the Bobby, you <laughs> 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 um, and then obviously he steps in it there, didn't you? Steps your foot on it. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I can completely agree. Yeah, and and the ending, literally, love the ending of of, of just um, what am I saying? Oh, l- <laughs> the ending of uh, oh, there's no ending, is there? They don't know what happens. They don't know what happens. And uh, I, yeah, it's very. It's just it's just really nicely unsettling. It's really really funny, and I love. I just think both stories come to a perfect ending. Uh, at the same time, and it's I love the comedic, comedically terrible ending of James's hotline of just the, the nodding and then that turn and the brilliant black eye reveal. Uh, I, I very much enjoy, and then that wonderfully spooky um, baby Ryan reveal. Do you have any baby Ryan theories? She's just she loves to collect things. She just nicks the baby as well, and then just. I mean, the it's it. I also call it a tale of the, tales of the unexpected ending in that. It's very illogical. How has she got an entire baby? Do you, do you think thoughts? the parents know? Do they no. know? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think that's the that's the nice that's the nice spookiness of it. Uh, there's. Are you a tales of an unexpected fan, Harry? No, sadly not. Well, have you seen any other than the landlady? Uh, I've seen the one with the. Um trying to guess exactly which wine and what year it is. What's the, uh, ooh, what's the twist in that? Uh, I can't remember. I think he, he knew it the whole time and, and it was like, everyone knew that he knew it the whole time and, and it was got this. I'll get, yeah, I'll have to watch it again. It's very good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ron Moody. Oh, right, Ron Moody. Uh, I'd recommend The Fly Trap, which is one of the more unsettling, also set in a caravan. One of the more unsettling episodes ever filmed. Uh, my mum and dad have all told me about the time that they watched the fly trap as a kid. Uh, very, very unsettling. Um, which takes us on, which leaves hurry up and wait. Um, you have that at you have that at your number three, Will. So I have here, Harry. We know what's happening. So we need Harry's number three. And Will's number two and my number two. And let's see where we are. Let's see if we've got any locks today at all. Harry, your number three. Simon Says. That's my number two. Simon Says. Well, we've got a lock. We know what our number one is. Uh, we've got a full lock. We've got one lock anyway. Um, let's talk about, in the meanwhile, before we get to our big lock, Simon Says. Great, great, great episode. Funny, dark, wonderful. The commentary is incredible mm. on toxic fandoms. And positive fandoms. And Very nice little yeah. monologue they throw in there where he, where they give that Scottish guy. Will, do you remember when you said this guy has a terrible Scottish accent? I think yeah. he's actually Scottish because he he's was on Leeds. I've done my He's from Leeds. Then why was he oh. Scottish on Alan Partridge as well? He's Scottish in Uncle as well. <laughs> Who has told Nick Mohammed that he has a good Scottish accent? 
It was in Abbas. <laughs> I've just seen his costume for Absolutely Fabulous, the movie, and it is absolutely fabulous. Was he Scottish um, in The Martian? Oh, he was in The Martian. <laughs> oh, he was the postman in the sense of an ending. That was disappointing. That was just sad um, and underwhelming. Um, unlike this. Uh, I only have one problem with this episode, and it's just the line, you, I bet you could bash somebody over the head with this. Far too yeah. on the nose. Get it cut. Jesus Christ. I thought, when they said that, I thought, oh, the red herring. bit like uh, Mig. It's going to be, that's the that's the red herring. And then nobody's going to actually get killed with it. No, they just fully just did a terrible line of dialogue. Um, but yeah, this was my favourite Reese performance by far. Uh, and another one of my favourite Steve's. I just thought it was perfectly perfect. I just love it. Very fun. Very fun episode. Could have done with more Lindsay Duncan, if anything. Could always do with more Lindsay Duncan. <laughs> Can indeed. <laughs> I've considered watching the Margaret Thatcher Lindsay Duncan episode, uh, the Margaret Thatcher Lindsay Duncan series, even though I hate Margaret Thatcher with the with the pain with the bane of my life. Um yes, but I, I love Lindsay Duncan. She's in the best Black Mirror. She's in uh, the best Doctor Who. Mm. Oh yeah. Best suicide in I've seen in some time. Tab ten anime deaths. <laughs> tab, tab ten. <laughs> tab ten TV suicides. <laughs> Lindsay Duncan. Right, I'm going to give you, this is because this feels like one of those things where Will will weirdly remember it. Will, I'm going to give you the initials of Lindsay Duncan's character in The Waters of Mars. Oh, what is it? It's Doctor. It's A.B. Brown. Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide oh. Brooke and spot on, <laughs> Harry. There we go. And, well, I mean, no wonder we love The Waters of Mars because Graham Harper, who directed The Waters of Mars, directed three Inside Number Nines, and the winner is Bernie Clifton and Devil of Christmas. Graham <laughs> Harper, my, my new favourite director. I believe you're singing the theme for Matt. No. What was the what was the no, David Tennant had that theme as well. Anyway, whatever. whatever. All I can see now is David Tennant trying to get the Titanic up and he's like, there's only so far you can pull a steering wheel, David. And then the Queen. Thank you, thank you. Um, enough about that. Simon says, dun, 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 dun. Get it, get uh, it. Um, Will, what was your favourite aspect of Simon says? Was it the bit I... where they said, I'm not doing another fucking podcast? <laughs> it sure is. It's the whole podcast. It's the fact that Reese goes full on Papa Lazarou. That is by far my favourite part. Oh, you got the... <laughs> I'm, the I'm the Baron. You got the Duchess. Literally does the exact same Papa Lazarus voice and then captures himself three words in, and you go, Was this a choice? <laughs> um, yes, no, it, that is my favorite part as well. Um, I like Gavin for the most part. I, I, I hate people who are like, I saw the twist coming, I, th- I saw the Gavin fake death coming 
because I noticed in Reese's performance that it was a bit artificial. And I thought, and it just shows how great an actor Reese is, is that he can literally go through the lens of, this isn't me performing as Simon, this is me performing as Simon, performing as a thing. And, and that was a very, very delicately done performance. Um, have any of you, I don't know if any of you have seen Promising Young Woman, but I feel terrible for them because um, they've been thwarted by COVID because obviously um, this is the exact same ending as Promising Young Woman with the uh, very serious long take smothering that takes five minutes and is very shocking. And obviously now, now Promising Young Woman and everybody's watching that. Uh, bad movie. Sorry, guys. Uh, Think. Sorry, not the time. Sorry, it's not the time or the place. Well, it may be the time or the place because it certainly won't be a podcast. Uh, you can read my review. It's on the blog. I think I give it six out of ten. And I'll be honest, it should have. Been, I would have given it five, but I'm afraid. That's quite. I just love Bo Burnham. <laughs> Actually, I hated Bo Burnham in it. I thought he was cringy, and I know he's supposed to be cringy, but as we talked about with Wuthering Heist, that just doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, uh, no, but very. In, Fine, all the same. Karen Mulligan is fine. Did not deserve best original screenplay. Jesus Christ. The dig. Where where were the awards for the dig? I loved the dig. That is true. Will Will did love the dig. <laughs> uh, his favorite Ralph Fiennes movie scene. Shouldn't was Simon says um, we're huge fans of Misery. Will did this fill your misery hole? No. <laughs> terrible phrasing did, did yes did, i it never went fully there for me um into the full misery of it all i enjoyed the sort of secret writing and then the devilish oh again though you know this this is one for the fans is a lovely ending a very oh, it's also it's, it's painfully obvious he he yeah he almost forgot to look directly into the camera <laughs> Yeah, he drove, he, you can drive a full truck through. Just tell them, I'm doing it for the fans. You know, you could, you could get a good, good, good snippet of 30 seconds of dead air out of there. And because uh, you think of it straight away and whether that's intentional or not. Um, yeah, more Lindsay Duncan. I, I very much enjoyed her in this and I don't know why, you know, I don't know why she's, she's, not, she's not in it more. Um, but um, all the same, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, Will, your your what didn't work for you in this? What other um, than Nick Mohammed's Scottish accent? <laughs> I it's something uh, again. The ending. I'm. I know it's justified the the fact that he's given up. He doesn't want to write any more Knife Circle, and then he finds this magical book of loads more stories. Oh, it's an easy cash cow. I'll just keep pummeling out this shit that the fans want. But it Would does betray the character. Yeah. He needs his, what, what's it called? The higher education of Philip, whatever. He, he needs his, well, in the novel, it's fast cars, isn't it? But he needs his dirty birdie script that he's wanted to make for years. Um, well, I, you know, I lived on the street. The kids, kids talk like that, Eddie. Kids talk like that. There are two ends in my favourite writer, in my favourite uh, person, nurse's name. Uh, me, uh, love, love misery. Are you a misery fan, Harry? I don't know what that is. Sorry, it's a form of depression. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the wonderful novel by Stephen it, King, adapted, adapted into one of the finest thrillers and yeah. films of all time. 
Uh, and Thank you can you. watch the film and then listen to our podcast. It's the best Stephen King movie adaptation. Tom's going to spit out his drink now. Better than Shawshank. It's not better than Shawshank, but... <laughs> we do... Surely we have the same top three. Shawshank, Misery, Shining. Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> the Pet Cemetery 80s movie is pretty good. It's all right. The fucking new yeah, no, one's yeah, dreadful. That's, that's the top three. Uh, Stand By Me's... Oh. I love Stand By Me. Cry Every Time. That's my cry every time. Well, no, lots of things are my cry every time. Um, my, it's been mentioned on the podcast before, but literally if I'm depressed, my go-to uh, clips to watch are the ending of Scrooge, the ending of It's a Wonderful Life, um, the ending of The Apartment. Um, maybe if I'm really sad, some Terms of Endearment stuff. Um, but, um, yeah. What's your go-to sad movie, Harry? What really gets you? Um, oh, I feel so basic on this podcast. Coco. Lip service is our number one. <laughs> and uh, I think Tom was literally shitting on Coco the last time we filmed the yeah. podcast. I hate Coco, I'll be honest. Don't okay. get it. Don't get the appeal. What? Remember me. Do you remember when he sang live at the Oscars and it was terrible? I love, I love Gail. I love Gael. He's great in Amoros and he's great in No, um, and other movies where I don't have to do an accent. But uh, I, I thought he was dreadful. And, uh, and he was singing, and he was like, remember me. And it was very, very bad. And it was live. Uh, it was very enjoyable. Lip service, though, is our number one, and it's a triple lock. Definitely the best twist. Definitely the best performances. Even by Eric, Eric Muller. <laughs> My name is Just, Eric Muller. I love nothing more. So underplayed that it's over the top. It's mm. such a strange... Cut hangers. <laughs> Cut hangers. Um, the, I love nothing more than a good 70s paranoid thrill, paranoia thriller. I love all the President's Men. love the Parallax View. love Three Days of the Condor. I, that's just my shit. I love it. And to get an inside number nine in that vein is... Wonderful. And I love Rear Window. Yep. Uh, well, well, my my composer, uh, my personal composer, <laughs> now, the, the composer of the musical I was just in, uh, he couldn't watch them ever on the Monday night. And so on the Tuesday morning, he would say to me, um, okay, give me, give me the episode in three words. And this one I said, Rear Window, what? And I think that is pretty perfect. Will, how would you describe it in three words? Um... I, I can't, I can't, I'm not good at improv. I'm going to give you a random episode and you're going to give me in three words. The what bell. three words? <laughs> Pineapple, Tuesday. <laughs> the bell. Uh, lion fucking bastard. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a quote from the show. Um, uh, how do you plead? Derek, Jacoby, devil. See, that's it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is that really could good. also be the devil of Christmas. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, the Devil of Christmas. Um, it's Krampus time. I think they should get you to do taglines for all episodes. Well. Um, <laughs> lip service. I, I, I mean, it blew me away. Uh, Harry, did you? Uh, was you? A, were you similarly blown? I sure was. Um, 
Yeah, just just I love a I love a story that just makes lovely sense and a twist mm. that just all the bits line up and oh and on the rewatch you can see her coaxed turn in when she gets found out and it's a good performance from checking her. Checking her watch the whole time. Yeah. That. Um, I never noticed I never what well, when I first watched this. Yeah, Will came home at about eleven thirty PM of the night this aired, very drunk. And we watched it. And when we watched it yesterday, he went, Oh, the hairdryer looks like a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and and it's just that it's just that impulsive thing. I mean, not a great example, but horrible bosses, Kevin Spacey. Here, catch this gun, and you just would, wouldn't you? It was just like it's just <laughs> lip service. You idiots are stupid, and you're going to go to jail, and I'm going to shoot myself <laughs> in the foot. Um, but the loading thing is Nick Cage. <laughs> I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. How to get burned? 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 <laughs> Not gonna, killing me is not going to bring you your goddamn honey. Um, uh, what's a right tangent? What's a better movie if Nicolas Cage plays the Kevin Spacey role, and a better movie if Kevin Spacey plays the Nicolas Cage role? Uh, see no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't know the better one. Kevin Spacey is Nicholas Cage. Oh, no, I've got it. Kevin Spacey in National Treasure, and it's just a really serious, it just doesn't make any jokes. And Nicholas Cage in Fred Claus as the head elf. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, actually, Nicholas Cage in that, what was that really good trial movie that Kevin Spacey was in like two years ago? I don't, it was like we really weirdly filmed. It was all like wide angles and like, can't remember. It was all like on YouTube, and it was it was called like Breaking News or something. I can't remember. Um, I, I don't know. I'll look it up after. He's the best actor in the. <laughs> He's the best. Harry, do you know the story of the Italian uh, art curator who invited <laughs> Kevin Spacey like a month after the allegations <laughs> to read a poem uh, when they were unveiling this new boxer statue, and the poem was all about this boxer who's down on his luck and he's about to come back. And all the newspapers were like, why did you invite this accused <laughs> pedophile? And the Italian guy went, because he is the best actor in the world. <laughs> um, my other favorite Kevin Spacey moment is definitely at the uh, John Lennon celebration that's just after 9-11. And he goes, for as happy as I am to be here, I'm also incredibly pissed off. We all have to do our best. And that also includes your host, and then he jumps in the air and lands perfectly in time to start singing, keep playing those man games. Uh, love. <laughs> yes, I do. I love Kevin Spacey. For better or for worse, for my sins, I love Kevin Spacey. Lip service. And um, it's one of those episodes, I guess. Uh, no, li lip service. Just an incredible twist. I think she is excellent. Love yeah. Sean Clifford. Not the biggest Fleabag fan, I have to say. I, I, I enjoyed them. I watched them. I've never returned to them. Don't really have an intention to return to them. Loved Quiz. I thought mm. Quiz was excellent uh, and perfectly judged <laughs> writing, perfectly judged performances. Um, very well done. Very, very well made. And uh, she was excellent in that also. I know I'm in the Fleabag minority. I definitely know that. Uh, but I think she's truly wonderful in this. 
and so well judged and so well timed and and with the the reveal just makes the performance even more complex tenfold uh, and and as previously mentioned lovely stuff with steve let's talk about eric muller because he's been quite divisive i feel in the community and amongst uh, even my friends of literally why the hell is he in this episode why a lot what? of people think he's undercover it was he in on it. They still think he's undercover. No, no, no. I thought it was a red herring. I thought it was going to be that it's it's this story, and then he's there but as I a red herring. Yeah, I thought that was the red herring, and he, then I don't think he's in on it at all. He's not in a, in on it at all no. because he's the one that like gets the call from the next door neighbor, who's who's also who's yeah. doing the shooting, and obviously is setting him up and saying, yeah, yeah he's getting angry. Day. He's getting angry next door. You need to come up and all that. So that later there's they can do the cover up. Um, yeah. Very, very, very good ending. And it's just those wonderful paranoid 70s thrillers. There's a great family guy joke about and now the ending, and now the ending of every 70s sci-fi movie with a white guy in a per, in a white in a white turtleneck. And it's just like, you're my wife. And then she pulls off and it's a robot robot face, and then and then there's like a, a hundred clones of him. And it's just those. I call them like pull-out endings. Don't be rude. And it's just those like, you think you know everything and then it pulls out and it pulls out and it pulls out and you're, you're, in, you're in, I don't know, Azerbaijan in the 80s. Um, a terrible example. Azerbaijan in the 80s, um, which is the name of me and Will's uh, stage company. Harry, is there, is there anything that didn't work for you in lip service or, or are you agreed in that it's just a knockout top? I do have. We'll come uh, to you I next, Mr. Legata. Like... <laughs> um, I don't know. I like I like Reese's performance. Maybe it'd be nicer to have more Steve Sean. And I don't know if he's necessary, but I, I, there's nothing I dislike. I don't think. Um, no, no, no. But Will does have. Problem. Is it regarding Eric Muller or is it? Oh no, I, I love Eric. Might be one of my favourite characters Reese has ever played. Um, to what unnecessary lens flares all over the place? It's JJ Abrams directed it. <laughs> mm, what you rewatch it, Tom, and I can't, I can't see. Steve's face for the most of it because it's covered by a giant lens flare. Are you sure you just not watched it with your window open? Because I watched it this morning <laughs> yeah. and I thought it was love, love, lovely shot. The word. Mm. Mm. And even if I've even if I've miswatched it, um, it's that thing of it keeps bringing you into the world of the window, and you know, it's not a window isn't just a thing to look out of. The sun goes through the window, and and, and what's on the other side of the window. Terrible explanation, but uh, I'm sure I could do 500 words on an essay in it. Uh, a window goes both ways. Um, that's that's <laughs> lip service. That's that's lip service. One of the better endings I've uh, of an episode in some time. I feel definitely the best episode of this series, which now takes us into our rankings. Um, next is oh Simon says was your number three, wasn't it, Harry? So. Yeah, but I'm, I'm two and three are interchangeable for me to be honest. 
Yeah. I'll put it up. We've got Will. Will's got Simon Says at two. I've got it at two. Harry's got it at three, uh, which gives it more or less a lock, which then locks Hurry Up and Wait at number three, because that's my three, Will's three, and Harry's two. So that balances out nicely. Uh, we have a decider now, Will, so it's good. Uh, so then at number four, Will has plead. How do you plead? Oh, that's number four's a lock now because you bumped all your stuff around, didn't you? So that's a lock anyway, which then takes us to this matter. So I have heist at six. Will now has heist at six. And Harry has heist at five. By by virtue of there being three of us and there being no conversation, really, it's it's proms and heist, I'm afraid, Harry. Uh, proms and heist. No worries. Which gives us our top six for season six. At number six, Wuthering Heist. At number five, Last Night of the Proms. At number four, How Do You Bleed? At number three, Hurry Up and Wait. At number two, Simon Says. And at number one, Lip Service. Now... Does lip service, does Simon Says knock anything off? I don't think it does. Does lip service knock off A Quiet Night In? No. I'm going to say yes. We have a decider this time. Harry, you have no opinions in this matter. I want you to be completely impartial. Will, I'm going to set you a minute timer, Okay. You're going to fight for a quiet night in for a minute. I'm going to fight for a lip service for a minute. And then Harry is going to decide completely impartially. Don't you worry. Will, a quiet night in, a minute starts now. Here we go. Perfect opportunity for being experimental without missing the, the, the whole thing. It's such a good way of telling the story through the use of sound and through the use of of not speaking. I think all of the gags are great. Killing the little dog, that's funny. Um, you've got the really good reveal. You've got the argument. You've got the EastEnders. You've got the soup. You've got um, the, the lower, hiding under the bed, having to cover up the gap in the sex doll penis without it making a noise. That's hilarious. You haven't got that in. It's, it's, it's oh, oh, falling down a crack in between two beds. <laughs> oh, I spilt my water on the floor. Hold this hairdryer. Whoa, he's shot. I, I, I think, I think, um, it, 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 quite not in it's just so well told so well acted by everyone and I think it, it'd be a shame as such a staple of number nine to knock it from a top ten there you go got seven seconds left it's very very good okay here we go I'm going to set my own minute time you'll have to I'm going to hold it so you you know I'm not lying here we go a Quiet Night In is a marvellous, marvellous episode, wonderfully well told and wonderfully performed. However, lip service stands on its own. And although A Quiet Night In is helped tremendously by breaking the formula, lip service in so many ways gives us what we've already had before. Just two people in a room, interrupted repeatedly. We've seen it on Inside Number Nine before. However, never like this. Not only do we get a wonderfully touching and devastating exploration into a man's deeply unnerving obsession, but we then get a wonderfully twisted, dark and loving romance performed wonderfully by both Sean Clifford and Steve Pemberton with the added comedy of Reese's Eric Muller. And then just like now in the final, final moments, 
the greatest twist reveal of Inside Number Nine is given to us. Oh, no. No, you ruined it there. One second addendum. Most shocking. I... <clears throat> I think for the 10th place, you have oversold lip service. Personally. And therefore, I'd love to award it to a uh, quiet night in. And so that's uh, your the second third. and last episode on Grunther's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Language in a I think that's the first ever series of anything, of, of, of number nine anyway, that no episodes of that series have made it into our top ten. Yes. By yep. virtue of... A sane decision. Yeah, um, yes. Do you think this would be the case if um, we'd done, if we ranked season six and then looked at all 12 episodes and then made our top tens? I, th I, 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 hey, I'm only a guest, but the, <laughs> the top two into the top 10 formula misses some of the um, thirds and fourths from, I think, three and series three and four that are better than some of the... It's, it's simply a virtue of getting in a spread. I think it works very well for something like Mad Men, where every episode is absolutely perfect and masterful and there isn't, they've never made a bad episode. Um, unlike, well, this is true as well. Um, I can't even. I'm looking at the peep show rankings, Will, and and they. I can't really. I can't really remember which is from which season. Is that a nice spread? I think that. I think our. If you what, read it to Harry now. I'm sure. Okay, if this was actually none. None made it from. Uh, oh no 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 no! Only one episode from season one. That is true. Um, Ten conference. Nine Jeremy at JLB. Eight jurying. Seven, Mark makes a friend. Six, shrooming. Five, New Year's Eve. Four, university university challenged. Uh, three, seasonal beatings. Two, Sophie's parents. One, Jeremy makes it. Are you happy with that top ten peep shows, uh, Harry? I, I hate to see loved one cannot make it, but that is that Jerry makes it is easily the best episode. Yeah, uh, and I genuinely cannot remember what episode that was. What happens in Jeremy Makes It? Um, Daryl. Daryl the racist. Isn't that Mark Makes a Friend? No, that's when he falls in love with Johnson. Okay, that's good. Uh, okay, yeah, no, that is the best episode. I remember Sophie's parents for the brilliant Happy Birthday. And I may be a badger baiter. I may be a homophobe, but I'm not a badger baiter. Uh, they're great. Never rewatching them, though. <laughs> Uh, which takes, and you probably have, uh, knowing me, knowing you, uh, they're, they're just called show three, six, one, two, five, four. And uh, you <laughs> aren't a madman person, Harry. So then that is, or are you? I've never watched it, but it is on the list. Get it watched. Harry, well, how good is it? He's going to act cool now. It's all right. <laughs> <He's acting laughs> cool. It's good. 
I have multiple hours of Will gushing over Mad Men. <laughs> Privately, not, not even on the show. <laughs> no. Um, Harry, it's been a distinct pleasure. Um, it's uh, It's been another ranking. Uh, nothing has cracked the top 10. Let's see about season seven. I mean, they it's it's written, it's in the bag. That's how they spent their lockdown because um, they'd already been commissioned for season seven. Still flirting with a live show. I I mean... A live number nine. Yeah, they've always said this. Hmm. Um, but um, obviously COVID's put a damp, damp on that squib. Um, yes, a literal damp squid, I know. And, but what about... <laughs> Um, but uh, all in all, I uh, oh, we never mentioned. I, th I found it very funny the mentioning of Sheridan Smith. See, that's the little subtle meta stuff that I'm fine with, and the Jeff Pope link with them, with obviously Reese writing yeah. the widow. I, I, I very much liked the uh, Mrs. Doyle. Oh, well, I'll make you a cup of tea. <laughs> that was very good. Oh, and and the and it must be so terrible having people interrupt you. That's she fun. was great, Una. Una. Uh, lovely, lovely stuff. Um, where's the hair? Yes. Um, what was our favourite hair? I like the shampoo bottle. Yeah, lip service. I've done shampoo. Yeah. Um, yeah but a lot, there was a lot of, there was a lot of just on the mantelpiece in this. And, and I understand, yeah. you know, I understand. But also I like it when they're a bit more creative. I liked that my second favourite was it was on a mantelpiece, but I did like the little mask, the little hair mask. That was a bit much for me. I thought, come on. Nobody wants to really be reminded of this terrible, terrible period in our lives where our entire souls and work and lives were sucked out from underneath us. Here's a, a fun thing, though, because obviously with the COVID thing, they've had a lot of episodes that they thought were going to be in Series 7. Yeah. And now in Series 6. It's a big jump. And I'm, I'm glad because it means uh, I won't be disappointed in Series 7. Imagine having to wait and then watching Last Night of the Proms and Wuthering Heights in Series 7. We've had to wait for a year and a half. We have, we have. And, and we've got Wuthering Heist. And it was the opening. Uh, let's just forget about the next five episodes that we got. Do you remember sitting down and watching Wuthering Heist and then that, like evening after i've never had that experience before because obviously i'm a huge godfather fan but that came out in the godfather 3 came out in the 90s i've never had a big disappoint you know part of my like i i anal nature i love mad men because it has the perfect finale and and so i'm i'm you know so i've never been disappointed by a big finale but i was i was very very disheartened uh, but as you say we we look to the future and there is lots Lots, lots more uh, to get excited about. Harry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Will, more nine, more nine on the way. More nine on the way. Are we getting? Are we getting Mark next series? Next series? Or do you think they'll save him for nine? I don't know. Do you? Th Here we go. Do you think we there actually will be a Mark episode? Because they've never been a. They, they've never they've been on Sherlock. They. There will never be been on anything. There will be. We'll see. We'll see. Da -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da -da.